0: Hello and welcome to the Marketing That Matters podcast, casual conversations for purpose-driven women. Each week, we'll talk about what's grabbed our attention, productivity hacks making our life easier, and chat about a purpose-led brand. This week on the podcast, we're talking about hustle culture and are we contributing to glamorizing being really, really busy?
1: We also discuss how to unlock the power of influencer marketing and we look at five key points as to how to create strong influencer marketing campaign
0: our brand feature this week is uber and we're talking about obviously how they've disrupted this market but also what they do well in advertising
1: and their purpose is definitely one to stick around stick around for to listen to
0: hi everyone welcome back to the podcast how's your week been alicia It's been good. It's been good. Uh, We are back in the closet, Jade. I know. So for everyone complaining about our sound, hopefully from this week onwards, it's going to be a lot better.
1: Yeah. And we have mic stands. And we have mic stands. We tried to record in other areas so that we could video it. However, it meant that the sound was really, really tinny. So we're back in Jade's closet. Lucky there's a little bit of space in here. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, Jade, how's your week been? I've had better weeks.
1: <laughs> oh, not again. <laughs>
0: oh, no. So, for those of you, Alicia knows a little bit about this story. But oh, gosh. We had a brand workshop last week for a client, and on the way in, I found out my water bottle had leaked all through my laptop bag. And I pulled everything out and there was like, I reckon like an inch of water on the bottom of my bag wasn't there when yeah. you looked at
1: it. As soon as I saw the water in the bottom of Jade's laptop bag, I literally knew things were going to be bad. Now, can we just put context to why this is even worse of a story is because...
0: <gasps> yeah, <what? laughs> I had a brand new MacBook Pro. Like literally,
1: what? Two weeks old? Not even two Not weeks Not even old. two weeks like old. like a week and a, a half. A week old MacBook Pro <laughs>
0: Anyway,
1: so we
0: thought my laptop was fine though, didn't we? Like Alicia was like, there was only a tiny bit of water on it and I wiped it off and so I hadn't even opened it and then I opened it to literally Alicia was starting the brand workshop, presenting in front of everybody and I opened it and there was just water all through my screen. So (laughs) the funniest thing
1: was, uh, (laughs) Jade put on such a like You Honestly, the client wouldn't have been able to tell that Jade was literally
0: devastated. (laughs) devastated.
1: However, sometimes I caught her throughout the workshop just staring into nothingness and I could see that she was just going, oh no, because you could see her laptop was totally dying throughout this four-hour workshop. Um, At one point, I could hear it making this sound and I had to go up to her and be like, what's going on? And the the laptop was just going, (laughs) shh. I was like, don't even. (laughs) And then half the screen just went black. So she had to revert back to my laptop to start writing notes, which my laptop was mirroring on the screen. It was a whole deal. But we got through it. it. We got through the day. (laughs) I got through the day without crying. But then when the workshop finished, I think Jade was about to burst into (laughs) tears because her her laptop just completely was ruined. (laughs) Oh, dear.
0: Would you like some good news out of that story, though? Yes. So obviously... I'm not the type of person who had insurance or anything like that on it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a week in, yeah. Uh, Anyway, so I went to this place who were absolutely fantastic after put their name in the show notes if you're based in Perth. Um, I was telling them my story, and her face was just like, oh, oh, every time I said, like, it, it's, you know, it's brand new, blah, 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 water damage. It was like, oh, oh, like good luck, no insurance, oh. And then I must have told her that I you purchased it two weeks ago, and she was like, oh my gosh, you can add Apple Care. You get 60 days to add Apple Care to your device. So I think I paid like $300 for Apple Care, and then my excess is going to be about 150. So I'm so lucky that I'm able to get it fixed for that amount because she was basically saying, "With what you've done, good luck." Like it wouldn't even be economical to fix without that Care. Oh, so I'm so 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 lucky. So, so lucky. <sighs> anyway,
1: that's, <now laughs> that's into my the week. podcast. Into the podcast. <laughs> Jade's new laptop should
0: be arriving today, so I know. she's. <laughs> so if I'm a bit funny, guys, I'm on my old laptop, which is really really slow. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
0: All right, Jade. What's got your attention this week? Lee Campbell, who is the executive editor at Mamma Meow. She calls that hustle culture um, in an opinion piece on the topic and I wanted to chat about it because we mentioned this briefly in our episode about stepping down the corporate ladder and so many of our listeners resonated with a quote that we posted about that episode about glamorizing being busy Mm -hmm. and then I read this article and I thought we have to talk about it because so many people who are listening are interested in this topic as well. Her opinion piece was centered around this tweet from Lindsay Gibbs and it has over 12 million impressions so it's been a very popular tweet. She says, stop glamorizing the grind. And start glamorizing getting seven plus hours of sleep at night, having healthy relationships, feeling safe at work, taking sick days, being paid a living wage, working hard when you're at work, boundaries, and self caring your way to success. We actually posted this on our stories as well, and a lot of people had um, some great comments to say. Lee talks about being a young editorial assistant and how she was doing really long hours because it was fun and exhilarating. But then she says, Guess what? It didn't win me any medals. She says, there wasn't a prize for me at the end for being the hardest worker because there was no end until I wound up in hospital having my tonsils and adenoids removed thanks to exhaustion with three weeks off as vital recovery. It was the turning point for me, which made me realize extended periods of unrealistic work hours don't make you feel any less sick when your health is shot to shit and someone else would do your job when you can't anymore. So Alicia, what do you think about this topic? Do you agree with Lee? Yeah,
1: look, I think there's two things to discuss here. There's not glamorizing the grind, which definitely want to look, want to unpack, but there's also the point she's making about the hustle, and especially in your young early stages of of the of your career, there's definitely hustle to be done, but but to what extent and to and to know your boundaries definitely needs to be be addressed. And there, yeah, there is no medal for it at the end, but to make sure you still have a life at the end of that hustle. <laughs> And not end up in hospital. This tweet has been retweeted seventy two thousand times, so people are resonating with this. I love that it says to stop glamorising the grind, and to start glamorising how much sleep you got, and how having healthy relationships and and you know that's so true. How much do we talk about how busy we are versus what we're doing on the flip side of that? And unfortunately all the things we're doing that is actually that we've taken time for ourselves isn't getting enough attention because we don't think people care about that. But the problem is people do care because more of us need to do it. Yeah. More of us need to go exercise. More of us need to spend that, those few minutes away from the kids and whatever for our own mental health. And we need to talk about that rather than how, how much we were being so like being hectic. And I actually do know a few people that glamorize the grind. I'm sure without meaning to it, I'm sure it's a habit, Mm. but I really do sometimes think, aren't we all busy? Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, do we have to talk about it? Like I I kind of sometimes be like, yes, yes, when they're talking about how busy they are. Mm. And I'm like, who isn't? Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to
0: everybody's world. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I think I love that she says our jobs aren't urgent or life-saving, like some occupations are, Mm. because I think some people can get caught in the trap that, you know, they have to work 24-7 because it's that urgent. I'm like, well, it's not Mm. like, and we're lucky. No one is going to be put, no one's life is going to be put at risk if we don't get our job done Mm. in, in most capacities. But obviously you don't, she says, for example, you don't see a nurse posting about grinding away like you do your entrepreneur friend.
1: Mm.
0: I think that's a really important distinction to make, but I think as well on that point, entrepreneurs have to hustle because they're not getting paid a wage. You know, if if they don't work long hours, they might not get paid. They're also doing the business admin, the accounting, the marketing of their business and the actual work. They don't have another department doing that for them and they don't get to go home at 5 o'clock and be paid for that day. So I think for entrepreneurs there's that element of hustle kind of has to be there because you have to do all that for your business.
1: Well, I need to talk about the best entrepreneur in regards to time management ever Yes. Have you heard of Tim Ferriss? Oh yes,
0: yes. The four his book's hour on my bookshelf.
1: <laughs> oh, The four-hour work week. If you haven't heard of Tim, please go to his website, subscribe, because he writes blogs, I'm pretty sure, weekly. It might even be daily. I feel like he's always in my inbox. But he um he also has a book called The Four Hour Work Week, which is so good and it's purely based around being less busy. Love it. He has some tips. Um, he says, focus on the 20% of work that brings 80% of the results, which is so good to remind yourself when you're an entrep- when you're, you know, working for yourself, being an entrepreneur. Um, clearly define tasks for work and relaxation. Develop the most important habit action. Focus on being productive instead of busy. Exactly what Lee Campbell's talking about. Mm. Um, delegate and automate unimportant tasks. Do your most important task before eleven AM. Oh, I love this Ooh, one. Interesting. I know. Because before eleven A.M. you can get a lot more done. Whereas a lot a lot of the times Jade and I are working once kids go to bed at night. <laughs> I'm trying to wake at 8pm and I'm like, Married at First Sight is on. <laughs> <laughs> or just how tired we are because we yeah. have been going since 5am. Um, improve income per hour, not total income. And age doesn't matter. An open mind does. And quit things that aren't working. So that there's a few tips there that, of his that come from his book. And a lot of them are good reminders of how to be, how to be less busy and more productive, especially when it comes to maximising that hourly rate, like maximising your productive hour. And I have heard of another um, another good saying where it says, find out when your most productive time is and give that to what's the most important for most, you to, yeah. to, to do. So mm-hmm. say you're running your own business. If your most important time – if your most productive time of the day is between – Let's say six and seven for me, which a lot of my friends would laugh at that because they know I'm like such an early riser and yeah. love it. But for me, it's that. I know a lot of people isn't it isn't that, but if if that that's my most productive hour, that's when I need to give time to say my business to get the most out of out of that hour versus trying to do that at eight p.m. where it probably take me four hours to do the same work.
0: Mm. Yep. Can I play devil's advocate here? Mm-hmm. What, with what you were talking about just then, you mentioned that we work obviously nights and I think you did a story the other day on our Instagram about how we were catching up on the weekend because we had to, to get some stuff done. Could that seem to some of our listeners and followers as glamorizing being busy? And I know it's not from my point of view because I'm like, I know that we work in little pockets of weird times because it works for us, but to an outsider, how do you think that looks to them?
1: Yeah, well, it's probably a, we're probably contributing to the glamorizing the grind without meaning to, and we get it a lot. People saying like, "How are you fitting in a podcast, plus the business, plus being mums?" So we do get it. Um, however, I hope that we also do highlight the reason we're doing this, and that is so that we have time for our kids, and we do take the time for with our kids, and prioritize them wherever we can. Um, hence why we're not both going getting nine to five jobs. Yeah. So I'd hope that we'd also at the same time be doing that. I agree, though. Maybe there needs to be a little bit of um, we check ourselves before we post things about our busyness Yeah. and possibly even also highlight what we've done prior to that. <laughs> you know, yeah. prior to me working on the Sunday, I was at the beach all morning with my kids and my husband. So. Yeah, exactly.
0: I think it's just hard
1: because obviously on, say, our Instagram, for example,
0: we're highlighting our work stuff and our podcast because that's what it's for and that's what people are following us for. And we don't put a lot of personal stuff on there. We both have our own personal accounts for that, which is why we don't say, hey, I was down at the beach this morning and now I'm working. We just say, now I'm working. Um, But that's a good point. Maybe we just need to be more mindful of, you know, explaining to people what we've done that
1: day versus... And we definitely don't want to make people feel like they're not achieving enough. You know, if anything, I'd rather people feel like they could achieve whatever they want to achieve rather than I would hate for anyone to look at us glamorizing the grind and think, I couldn't do that. I'm also wanting them to feel I can do that. Yeah, And that's definitely something to keep in mind when we're in our socials. So um, please let us know what you think on this, guys. We, we, we would love your feedback. Um, I just want to end on a quote from Lee. I went, Lee Campbell, <laughs> I went from thinking that hard work meant long days at the expense of other, other aspects of my life to realising that working hard is learning to be smart with time management, backing myself when it came to saying no and taking the time to tune into the signs my body gives me when I'm taking on too much. What's got my attention this week is an article called Unlocking the Power of Influencer Marketing. Alexander Frolov outlines five key factors that marketers need to consider before launching their next influencer campaign. He says, the origins of influencer marketing could be perceived as a little rough around the edges. There was no rule book, no precedent, or no guidelines. Now, Jade, I'm not sure if you're aware, but the AANA, the Australian Association of National Advertiser, have updated their regulations around influencer marketing as of February 1, 2021. Now, the origins of influencer marketing could be perceived as a little rough, but I certainly am glad there are now some guidelines. Now, I don't know how much these influencers are being held accountable to these guidelines. But they're there, and at least it's a start and a step in the right direction. Jade? Yeah, Th-
0: that's my that was my first note was that unfortunately, although these guidelines are great and even for advertisers in general, um, because they've they've been out obviously for a while, they've had a code for ages. But um, it's all self regulation. So although um, you know big brands and advertisers would try and adhere to them, there's nothing, there's no ramifications for brands or influencers who don't, and that's unfortunate.
1: Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about the code. Later, but firstly, I want to talk about this article. So, influence—it says, influencers are quickly gaining the trust of loyalty of consumers, according to a twenty nineteen study from Rakuten Advertising. Eighty-seven percent of shoppers admit that they've been prompted to make a purchase by influencers, and eighty-four percent of marketers believe it's an effective marketing strategy. But from the brand perceptive, that's only if you find the right influence to begin with. We now have access to a range of tools that can assist in identifying relevant influencers who will tru- truly connect with, engage with your audience. Now, they have five points that you need to consider when you're choosing your influencer. And I love this, Jade, because it's almost like it gives us, um, we've been talking uh, really roughly and broadly about some of these points, but mm-hmm. this gives us five key points that, that I guess we can pass on to our listeners as almost things to check before you partner with partner someone. with an influencer. Yep. And also, I hope it gives people confidence to partner with an influencer because I do feel that there's a lot of hesitation out there, like we've had we've been contacted by a few of our listeners who want to, but are a bit unsure of how to start it. Mm. and then also unsure whether it's for them. Yeah. But I think with those stats I just read out there, both consumers are influenced by it. So tick. Yeah. And both marketers are getting behind it. So yeah. if you want any more confidence, I think there's there's two two great examples there. Yeah,
0: and for marketers to be saying that they're obviously seeing some kind of return on investment for it. Yeah, they
1: wouldn't. Yeah, so yeah. they're seeing some results. Exactly. And now I think um, it's become more of a norm in strategies rather than a tacked on at the end. And um, there's these five points are really great to sort of help you like hold your hand, I guess, while you pick your influencer. Firstly, it's a suspicious pattern on the followers' growth graph. So it's not necessarily about um, um, how many followers they have. It's, it's more so about how that growth has happened. So you need to look at the influences um, based on the spikes in the graphs so because what happens is the spikes could have happened because they were associated with another partner or because there was a giveaway mm-hmm. and or then, they bought followers or they bought followers which is not going to be great yeah for you um, as a brand and then you need to look at how the drop well, off rates happening as well plus the engagement rate which engagement rates actually are the next point because if there is spikes in the followers this needs you need to look at this because if they gained their followers 3 years ago those they're probably irrelevant. Yeah, and not, they wouldn't be reaching many of them by now. Yes. Yeah. So the thing that got me here, though, Jade, is how does how do you how does a brand look at that, or do we ask that from the influencer? well um, oh, you probably could request it from the influencer, but I'm sure um,
0: I'll put the one in the show notes if I can find it. That there will be um, possibly third party apps that might track someone's followers. Possibly. Right. Don't quote me on that. But I'm sure that there is something yeah, but, out there because it's very similar. Like you can find websites that would estimate um, your competitors' website visits, for example. Yeah. yeah. How um, accurate
1: it is and how, um, yeah, accurate that data would be would be questionable, though. But at least you could see if they've gained their influences a few years ago, like this huge mm. spike, and then the drop off since. That yeah. would tell you whether or not they're a current influencer and what and what influence that have in twenty twenty one. Correct. Um the next one I love is engagement rate. Um they talk about nano influencers versus macro influencers. Now nano influencers are those with fewer than five thousand followers and macro is over five hundred thousand. Which is pretty um pretty big like difference there. So those in between, I don't know what we're calling them, but there's <laughs> But there's nano and macro, and they're saying that nano influencers, those with fewer than five thousand, tend to have a higher engagement rate. So therefore, they actually have better cut through to the audience. Macro influencers usually have less um, engagement rate. So yes, they have a lot of followers, but how many people are actually even seeing what their content is? So it's good to 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 look at those as well, and definitely don't. Um, Go off just the just the um, followers. Look at the engagement rate. Yeah, number three is authenticity is key, which we love. We talk about authenticity all the time. So just looking at the content and seeing how authentic authentic they are with the brands and their collabs. Um, Number four, studying your competitors. So of course, looking at what your competitors are doing and what they're like, who they're partnering with. And it's not, and it is actually okay to pick a influencer that is completely different to your competitors, as long as you know that that's what you're doing. If you if you are picking a really different influencer, you're obviously thinking your target market is different and own that. Mm. But don't go picking mm-hmm. a compet- um an influencer that's so far so different to any of your other competitors like what your competitors are doing and expect it to be correct because to be honest, you might have marketed you might be marketing wrong. Um so you just need to, to own that. Um, leveraging technology to maximise results. And I think this is what you're talking about, Jade, about being the having the advancement in technology. There are different apps now. Yeah, so there's apps now that can um, help you
0: connect with an influencer, find the right influencer, but also even manage the collaboration in terms of like fees and results and things like that as well. Yeah. Like a dashboard
1: that you can both access, I would say. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I found it quite interesting that um, – that you could actually use these apps to to not only track them, but to look at the engagement rates, um, the audience tastes, hashtags to use, um, and and enable you to find the right influencer for your brand as well. They actually suggest them and tell mm. you what engagement rate they're having. So this is all there now for us. It's not you don't have to go in blind just into the app and mm. go contact them direct. You can actually go to a third party third party app and do it. Um, And that was the five tips. So I honestly felt that they're really helpful in moving forward with um, your influencer marketing.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say there's anything um, groundbreaking in there, like nothing completely new that we haven't spoken about before, Um, but I think it's good to keep those five in mind when you are looking at partnering with an influencer. Um, and specifically kind of around those new apps that might help you, help provide you with a bit of structure so you don't feel like you're doing it all yourself.
1: Now, do you want to talk about the code? Yes, I do want to talk about the code. <laughs> so the code is this new code for influencers. So what they have to say
0: now. Can I just give people some background? So that AANA is an association, if you like, and they develop the code and they have a sister... Uh, partnering body, if you like, which is ad standards. So if people are going to complain about an ad, they'll generally complain to ad standards, but they can also complain to like, you know, the the platform or the station or the network that the ad was on as well. Um, And then ad standards then um, investigate the claims or the complaints and then there's usually an outcome they sometimes dismiss them or they upheld them but it doesn't actually legally bind the advertiser into doing anything about it the advertisers can not comment on the complaints they can comment but not do anything about it or they can go oh yes sorry we're going to pull the ad because of xyz so i think that's a really good base for people to understand how how it works so the code by aana and these changes they've made for influencers, influencers are guidelines and they're best practice standards, if you like, but it doesn't actually legally force anyone into doing that and there's no ramifications if they don't.
1: Yeah. What it is good, though, to know as a consumer, with your consumer hat on, is it protects us. So if you do feel that there's something that you shouldn't have seen, it was you know shown to your kids possibly, um, or you feel offended, you can go and look at these codes and mm-hmm. put your complaint and especially address the code that when yes. you contact when you contact say the brand or the station that you saw it on you can actually address the code that you feel it's a it's it's in violation of yeah. and that really helps your complaint
0: yeah yep yeah. and it, and i suppose it does help for consumers to know that there has been thought behind this and there are some guidelines that brands
1: should be adhering to and reading to. And most of them would, I guess. Yeah. Yep. I'll just read you the new code that yep. um, we're talking about with the influencers. It says, it's code 2.7 if you're interested, if you want to <laughs> go look at the standards. It says, influencer and affiliate marketing often appears alongside organic, genuine, user-generated content and is often less obvious to the audience. Where an influencer or affiliate accept, accepts payment of money or free products or service from a brand in Exchange for them to promote that brand's product or service. The relationship must be clear. So not happening. Obvious and upfront to the audience and expressed in a way that is easily understood. E.g., hashtag ad, hashtag advert, hashtag advertising, branded content, paid partnership, paid promotion. Less clear labels such as hashtag SP, hashtag spon for sponsored, hashtag gifted, hashtag affiliate, hashtag collab, that's not good enough. So, of, or merely mentioning the brand's name may not be significant to clearly distinguish the post as an advertisement. So, I 100% saw this. I think I saw it even this morning on someone um an influencer's stories. You can't just mention the brand's name when you're doing the product and think yeah. that's enough to say that's advertising. advertising. Yeah. That's against the code now. Yeah,
0: I think it's it's an interesting one because as consumers, we want brands to be transparent. And I think most most people do. You want your influence to say, influences to say, I'm being paid for this, I'm not being paid for this, I just genuinely love this and I'm not being paid for it. But then um, going back to Lee Campbell who we were talking about just before I follow her on Instagram and she has talked a lot quite recently about how much um, hate I guess she gets from followers for taking paid partnerships.
1: Mm.
0: She's like, well, this is part of my job now. Mm. This is how I feed my son. Mm. Um, and I'm being completely transparent Mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. So I think this is where influencers are kind of um, trying to find the right balance of providing the transparency that, yes, this is a paid partnership or a collaboration without getting the kind of backlash that they might get from some people.
1: Yeah, um, actually Alicia Atkin-Radburn, who was a past um, bachelorette or bachelor... Contestant and on one of the Bachelor in Paradise and things as well, she actually addressed this just on her stories as well this week about um, answering the questions to people saying that they don't, you know, why, why if you've got a full time job, why do you need to do sponsored content though? Mm. And she was saying, well, it is a side business, it's a side business, and I do enjoy collaborating with brands that I do genuinely use yeah so you can trust that as much as you like i guess but mm. i take her word for it that she does take money from brands that she uses yep. or that she would would want to associate with
0: yeah and i think the same way to look at this um as a consumer is if you see someone you know and they've done a story on protein powder let's say and they've put paid partnerships that's an ad. Think of it like an ad. Just like you would watch TV and you would see an ad. Just like you would be walking the streets and you'd see a billboard. Just as you would be see a see a sign on a bus. It's an ad. You would kind of go, oh, yep. Yeah. And you know,
1: however it connects with you is however it connects with you as you a customer. And follow them if you if you're that offended by it. Exactly. It, you won't have any. Fo- you won't be following anyone if you do that. Yeah, I think <laughs> because that, everyone's advertising
0: something. That's where people get caught up is they f- start following someone for maybe um, you know their stories about motherhood or their. Um, cooking recipes and then they start seeing paid partnerships and that's where they start falling down. But, yeah, yeah, I think you just need to look at that as in the person's platform or say their Instagram profile is the medium. That's your show. That's your content. And there's going to be ads within that now and you just have to get used to it because Mm. every platform is going to get monetized in some way eventually Mm. because that's how how the world works, unfortunately. Mm. (laughs) But just on this code as well, did you see what else the code addressed
1: in regards to what?
0: Uh, so it actually explicitly addresses gender portrayals and the sexualization of women. So it actually prohibits the focus on body parts and the use of overly sexual images in outdoor advertising or shop front windows, for example, um, where an image is not relevant to the product or service being advertised. Wow. So what do you think about that?
1: Uh, I feel like it's one of those things where I need to see it to believe it because sure. I can't imagine mm-hmm. brands... Well, again, self self regulation. Are people going
0: to do it? Um, but I think it's an interesting one that I think it's good that it's being
1: addressed. Mm, agree.
0: I'll read you a quote from um, about why they've. Um, added this into the code. It says Australians believe that advertising has become more and more sexually explicit and this type of advertising is seen as particularly damaging to young girls who see this type of hypersexualized advertising and take it on as an aspirational standard of beauty. We've spoken about aspirational mm. kind of... Um, The Avenues brands go down quite a bit. The desexualisation of advertising is seen as a step in the right direction, especially in relation to its use for unrelated products. The majority of Australians surveyed prefer to support companies that do not objectify women.
1: Well, I hope people listen to the code (laughs) because I feel like some brands are, but yes, watch this space, I guess. Yeah. Tonight, I'll be eating... Jade, can you guess who our brand is this week? Kim Kardashian. (laughs) (laughs) It is Uber. The number one rideshare brand, Uber, is known as the innovator, disruptor of the rideshare market. Now, this is a brand that is leading the way in doing marketing differently and has been disrupting the market of, I guess, yes, the ridesharing for quite some time now. Jade, what do you think?
0: I'm going to disagree with you a little bit straight away in that I think the the service that they offer is has definitely disrupted the market, but I don't think their marketing has been so revolutionary, personally, but we'll go into that. Um, So I was reading on their website, they ignite opportunity by setting the world in motion. They say good things happen when people can move, whether across town or towards their dreams. Opportunities appear, open up, become reality. What started as a way to tap a button to get a ride has led to billions of moments of human connection as people around the world go all kinds of places in a manner of ways with the help of our technology. And, Alicia, you'll be pleased to know they had a goal on their website. Uber is committed to becoming fully electric, zero-emission platform by 2040, with 100% of rides taking place in zero-emission vehicles on public transit or with micro mobility. It's pretty
1: interesting, hey? Yeah. Well, I think that's a really, really big goal. sure. A fully electric, zero-emission platform 2040 so what we're in 2021 so in 19 years they're thinking we're all going to be driving around in teslas (laughs) (laughs) sounds like it yeah are they paying for these or what (laughs) yeah well i i think they are the one to watch as i always talk about samsung being the one to watch in um in a technology sense and how consumers are going to to adapt to the technologies provided i think this is the same with uber like they're going to be the forefront of how we get around Mm. and i don't doubt that if they're predicting this that we must be in some way on track to getting there. And I think I can already hear <laughs> some people around me being like, don't people that know me say, Alicia, don't get fooled by the <laughs> by what the brand's saying <laughs> the they'll do. Bit, yeah. Because how many outdated goals have we seen on websites since doing this podcast? And
0: like you always say as well, like saying something is great, but where's the actual action behind it?
1: True. Hmm. And, look, that would cost them a bomb at this rate with how much <laughs> Teslas cost. <laughs> um, seriously, how much is a Tesla car? Uh, I don't even know. Can I live Google? Because I just want to <laughs> tell you. Um, $67,000 for a Tesla. And I'm sure that's only the – I'm sure that's the base model. Yeah. Um, Uber's VP for global marketing, Thomas Ranasaurus. <laughs> A dinosaur. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe it's not Ranasaurus. Thomas Rainsaurus mm, actually interviewed on Ad Age Adblock in December last year. He said, one of the challenges they were just faced with last year, as we can imagine, is being a product that relies on people moving in a year where people were told to stop moving. So <laughs> that was a challenge. Mm. He said that he was proud of the role that they played in help- helping flatten the curve they were actually able to convince their CEO of Uber to spend money on advertising to tell people to not move and not use their product. So they were taking responsibility by and being part of the conversation. So I love brands that do this, that actually step up and listen and talk in the conversation, even if their product or brand is being hindered by what's going on. Um, they say, take responsibility taking responsibility of moving what matters. So they committed to 10 million rides to move people to hospitals to get their vaccines just recently.
0: Oh, their COVID vaccine. Yeah. So, va- so
1: mm-hmm. they, they did a few things during COVID last year before the vaccines were out where they, they committed to rides with um, people that were disadvantaged, getting them to hospital where they need to be if, and they'll, they called it the Move That Matters campaign. Right.
0: And I think they did delivery of like food for people who needed it. Or vulnerable communities and things like that as well, didn't they? Yes, but we're not talking about Uber Eats. Oh, sorry,
1: yes. (laughs) But, yeah, Uber Eats is part of the Uber brand. Yep. Um, But, yeah, there's a whole other story of what they did with food deliveries. Yep. Um, But definitely at the moment we're just talking about the ride-sharing aspect of it. Um. So, the, actually, in Australia, because that was an that was a US um, discussion, but in Australia, I had a little look at what they've been doing, and the Victorian government is expanding the multi-purpose taxi program to include Uber, which is giving people with disabilities and ex- and accessibility needs access to a greater choice of subsided transport options. So, Uber's come into the coming to the loop on helping in in Victoria as well with providing um, access. Like specific access cars, so there's things like wheelchair access cars and people that need to need help with getting in and out of cars. So yeah. Uber is part of this as well. Which yeah. Is, so previously that that program didn't include Uber. No. Mm. So that was already a program, but now mm. Uber's part of it too. Yep. So um, Uber's obviously advertising it quite strongly that they're now part of this, and um, I'm sure if it works well in Victoria, it'll come across to the other states. They're also helping move what matters, which which goes with what. Um, Thomas Rina- Ranasaurus.
0: Thomas Dinosaur, Let's go, <laughs> Thomas him. Dinosaur
1: was talking about. Sorry, Thomas, I didn't mean to pronounce your last name wrong.
0: Yeah, I find that's really interesting. Um, Can we take a step back and let's talk about their marketing in general, like COVID aside and philanthropic efforts aside? Because um, what I think they did really well in the early days is referral marketing. So I don't know if you remember when um, Uber was like, I know, first introduced in Australia and they probably do this in all that when they come into a new market is that whole refer a friend and they get their $10 off and you get your $10 off and, you know, and I just remember like every time Chris got an Uber, he had a voucher because he would always like refer, you know, like that kind of thing. Like it was insane. Um, and I think that's how they kind of generated that word of mouth and stuff as well. Um, so that is something that they do really well.
1: Yeah, and I think you can still get a code. Like, I think if you go on the app, you can get your, you get your personal code yeah. if you want to refer a friend. Like, I yeah, think this has big part of their... Yeah, yeah. Um, but I
0: think that's what helps establish them in new markets is that helps the spread of word of mouth is those kind of referral... Or that referral marketing strategy.
1: Yes and no, because Uber... There's a whole case study around Uber. Someone's actually written a thesis on how it's disrupted the taxi market. Yeah. And... Uber particularly, yes, the referral market would have helped their success, but the fact that Uber also jumped on a very dated system. Oh, taxi yeah, I'm system. talking just
0: their marketing in general. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Aside from obviously what they did, just <laughs> yeah. offering that service in the way that they in did. In a digital capacity yeah. at a lower rate. Yeah. righty eh, rah So, yeah, there is there is definitely um, – perf- it was a perfect time to come in with a great strategy that, yes – a lot of people took up and ran with in mm. terms of the re- referral yeah. process.
0: Did you know that they have a customer loyalty program? No. Yeah. Apparently they have Uber VIP exclusive to those, they say, who are actually loyal, which is customers who have taken over 100 Uber rides. Wow. Yeah.
1: Do we know anyone
0: who's yeah, an Uber a, VP? Yeah, I need to find out. Let us know if someone's an Uber VP because um, I, yeah, clearly have not taken that many. So No. <laughs> I am not a VIP. Sorry. It says they have special access to the highest rated drivers. I'd be interested to know if that includes like discounts or any
1: other kind of VIP things that maybe we don't know about. Mm. Well, anyway, back to their purpose. Let's see if we're going to be all ra- driving around in electronic cars by 2040. If we are, that is awesome. Yeah. But I have a feeling the petrol stations or the, the <laughs> what do we call the that industry oh, are yeah. going to put up a pretty strong fight (laughs) yeah it'll be very interesting to see how they how they go about it that covers it for this week make sure you leave us a review or follow us on instagram at marketing that matters pod we love a chat thanks for listening to the marketing that matters podcast